0: Good
1: morning everyone and welcome to the Board of Supervisors, Neighborhood Services and Safety Committee. Uh, this is our regular meeting of Thursday, November 6th. My name is David Campos. I'm the chair of the committee and we are joined today by the committee uh, member Norman Yee. The committee Vice Chair, Supervisor Eric Marr is en route. Uh, the clerk of the committee is Derek Evans and we want to thank the following members of SFGTV staff who are covering this meeting, Jesse Larson and Jim Smith. Mr. Clerk, do we have any announcements?
2: Thank you, Mr. Chair. Please make, sure, excuse me, please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Completed speaker cards and copies of documents to be included in the file should be submitted to the Clerk. Items acted upon today will appear on the November 18, 2014 Board of Supervisors agenda, unless otherwise stated.
1: Great. Thank you.
2: Uh, the first item is
1: a uh, liquor license, and I'd like to begin by uh, asking
2: the applicant uh, in this item Uh, so if you can call the first item item number one is a hearing to consider the issuance of a type 64 general theater license to 533 sutter street in district three to matt shelton for the shelton theater
1: wonderful if if i can ask the applicant to please come on up and just uh, make a brief statement
3: Uh, good morning Uh, thank you uh, supervisor campos and supervisor mar uh, and also uh, clerk derek evans for allowing uh, this meeting to take place Uh, My name is Matt Shelton, and um, I run a small family arts organization. Uh, We've been here in the community since 1961. Uh, We've provided extraordinary training and theatrical productions to the community of San Francisco and beyond. Uh, Native sons uh, were directly responsible for training are Danny Glover, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Terry Zweigoff, uh, to name a few others. My recent student was uh, Vernon Davis of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, We put on productions uh, uh, since, I steadily have been producing theatrical productions since 1993. Uh, The area uh, uh, that we established, that building at 533 Sutter Street, has become a cultural icon for the city of San Francisco. And um, I've uh, I currently hold a beer and wine license, and I wasn't aware that I could uh, hold a general theater license uh, because I was misinformed when I originally applied for my Type 42 license about 10 years ago. And I'd like to be able to provide professional concessions to my customers because we have uh, dignitaries and uh, cultural people from all over the world coming to the productions, and I'd like to give them a world-class professional service that, uh, that represents our fine city.
1: Great, thank you very much. If if you can just briefly say a little bit about uh, any outreach that you've done in terms of uh, this specific
2: application.
3: Yes, um, I am pretty well known in the neighborhood, and I've reached out to every neighbor in uh, on the block uh, of both sides, and uh, and received uh, their endorsement uh, from Hotel uh, Rex across the street, the Hotel Cartwright. The UPS store, the uh, Union Square wine and spirits liquor stores, just about every merchant on the block.
1: Yeah. Great. Thank you very much. And I know that the district supervisor, this is in District Three, and Supervisor Chu's district, that he supported this application. Unless we have any questions, uh, why don't we now hear uh, from our uh, police department?
4: Good morning, Supervisors. Officer Alberto Duarte with the San Francisco Police Department's ABC Liaison Unit. And this is in regards to 533 Sutter Street, the Shelton Theater. Matt Shelton, on behalf of the Shelton Theater, has filed an application with the California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control seeking a Type 64 on-sale general license for theaters. This original application will take over the current application, which is a Type 42, for which the board passed a resolution back in September 22, 2009. The change in the type will allow the Shelton Theater to serve distilled spirits aside from beer and wine, and none of the conditions originally placed back in 2009 will change. It should be noted that. The, during the application process, there was a notification of 500-foot mailer was done on August 20, 2014, and there was also a public to the notice posted on August nineteenth, 2014. And for the purposes of this hearing, the California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control seeks a determination from the Board of Supervisors as to the approval or denial of this license. Police calls and police reports. Zero were posted for 533 Shelton Street the San Francisco plot information is listed as follow, that this pl- lo- premise is located on plot 166 which sits in a high crime area. The state census track is that it sits in track 121, a population for that, the population for that tract is 3,833 people and of those two plot population, the on sale license authorized by the census tract allows for 13. However, there are 60 active on sale licenses. For the off sale licenses authorized by the census tract are only three. However, there are 10 that are listed. Um, basically, the property sits on a undue concentrated location. There were no protest filed with the ABC and uh, neither were any letters of support. The department recommends or the ALU recommends approval with the current existing conditions that were placed on the premise back in September twenty second, two 2009. Thank you.
1: Great. Thank you, Lieutenant Duarte. Colleagues, uh, and we have, by the way, been joined by Committee Vice Chair Supervisor Eric Marr. Do we have any questions of our applicant or our ALU? Seeing no questions, oh, yes. Nope. Seeing no questions, why don't we now open it up to public comment. Any member of the public who would like to speak on this item? ...positive recommendation, uh, and uh, if we can take that without objection. Without objection. Thank you very much. Congratulations. And Mr. Clerk, do we want to take items two and three together? Or? Sh- sure, so, I call them again? so if we can call items two and three together. Thank you.
2: Item number two is a resolution authorizing the fire department to donate an obsolete ambulance to the Emergency Medical Services Academy of the City College of San Francisco. Item number three is a resolution authorizing the fire department to donate 30 obsolete self-contained breathing apparatus to the City College of San Francisco.
5: Great. Thank you very much. And we have uh, Mike Corso. Yes. Good morning, Mr. Chair, fellow supervisors, Mark Corso, fire department, here to present the next two items, which are donations of obsolete fire department equipment to the City College of San Francisco for training purposes. Uh, CCSF has a fine EMS and fire training programs and the department works very closely with them on a variety of training topics. This legislation would allow for the department to donate obsolete equipment to their training curriculum, uh, self-contained breathing apparatus, uh, breathing packs and an ambulance. Uh, these items have no operational use for the department any longer. Uh, the department upgraded its uh, breathing apparatus uh, with a federal grant last year, and in addition, the ambulance uh, has been retired by the city and the department uh, due to its age and its usage and is no longer uh, operational on, on city streets. Um, all the equipment donated will be used by CCSF uh, strictly as training props and uh, are not in, any, not in any emergency situation. Um, and any liability for the equipment will be passed on to city college. Uh, happy to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you very much, uh, Supervisor Yi.
0: Um, just a quick question,. Absolutely. And, and yeah I mean, of course you're going to be supportive of uh, the city continuing to work with uh, city college in terms of the partnership. Um, I, I guess if, if the equipment's obsolete and they're going to train uh, students using this equipment, are they actually training them on obsolete methods also?
5: Um, Not necessarily. It's more, for example, for the breathing packs, it's more to get used to the weight and uh, have that as as an operational impact. Um, what that actually feels like, what it has. They're gonna, there's air bottles they are going to be doing the replacement of it. It's not obsolete in the sense that no departments use it in, in nation, nation, nationwide, but from the department's perspective, we've upgraded to the latest uh, compliance of equipment and no longer need that in our operations. Uh, for the ambulance, the ambulance will be uh, kind of stationed and it will get the uh, students familiar with how things are laid out in the ambulance. It's not in an actual uh, driving capacity. Thank you. No thank you very much. Colleagues, any other comments or questions?
1: Uh, Seeing none, thank you, Mr. Corso. Why don't we open it up to public comment on this item? Is there any public comment on this item? Go ahead.
6: Uh, These two days, my slogan in the San Francisco Central, the United Nations plan would be uh, just very simple. Uh, vacation-style working free for all without the platform, a public opinion, tragic things.
1: Thank you, sir. Seeing no other public comment, uh, we will close public comment. Uh, colleagues, do so we have a motion to move these two items forward? So moved. Motion by Supervisor Maher, if we can take that uh, without objection.
2: Without objection. Thank you very much. Now, Mr. Clerk, if you can please call our fourth and final item item number four is a resolution urging the successful resolution of negotiations between the san francisco unified school district and the united educators of san francisco to avoid a strike and an interruption of the education of san francisco students
1: great and this is an item that was introduced by uh supervisor mar and i was proud to be a co-sponsor i know that it was also co-sponsored by supervisors cohen and avalos supervisor mark
7: thank you i wanted to especially thank my co-sponsors and thank Representatives from the school district, our board president Sandra Lee Fewer and Myung Lee from the district, but also Ken Trey from United Educators of San Francisco for joining us today. This is a resolution that simply urges a resolution to the potential labor conflict that's going on within the school district with the teachers and paras within the district. I also wanted to say that as a former school board president, uh like uh supervisor yee i definitely respect the autonomy of the school district and know that um, the city does not make decisions for the school district it's the elected board of education and the superintendent and his staff that make decisions but when there are issues of such importance uh, with an impact on the city's economy um, families and hardworking teachers and parents in the district i think it's really important to weigh in to make sure that our voice is heard as a board of supervisors I also know as a parent and as a former teacher that it's critical when there's um, difficult negotiations and a potential strike that um, entities like the board should do everything we can to urge common ground to come to a fair negotiated settlement. Also, I know, and the resolution states how important it is for the public to realize how few resources we get from the state and the federal government and that our underfunded and unfunded school system needs much more support so that teachers and parents can be paid a fair wage with good benefits and that programs in our district can be can flourish and be expanded as well the state government really has um, hampered our san francisco unified school district um, but positive things like the uh reauthorization of our public education enrichment fund our prop h that i helped to write with others um, but really supervisor Amiano's, or former supervisor Amiano and um, soon to be former assemblyman Amiano, really was the champion that put it on the ballot um, with a lot of us within the school district um, and a grassroots coalition to pass prop h 10 years ago in 2004 um, with many of our education coalition there so The overwhelming support on Tuesday is critical, and I'm very happy about that, but it's not enough. And I know that negotiations between the teachers and paras in the San Francisco Unified School District have been a challenge because of the lack of funding and the challenges faced by our board president, uh, um, Commissioner Fewer and Mr. Lee and Superintendent Carranza in balancing the lack of funding with um, supporting the needs in the school district. My goal for this is to bring parties together and to come up with a common ground so that we can have a, a school system that's not hampered by la- labor conflict as it's currently going on. Um, with that, I know that Supervisor Yee has some important amendments to make to strengthen this resolution. Supervisor Yi.
0: Thank you, Chair uh, Campos. Um, um, thank you, um, Supervisor Mar, for uh, bringing this resolution to our attention. Um, I, I, it's important because all three of us had, had uh, relationships. Oh, yeah, our
7: former legal counsel is <laughs> sitting right here. Yeah, that's right, so, Supervisor Cabos.
0: So is it really appropriate that uh, this res- resolution uh, came to this committee? Um, um, we, 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 Since we had relationships and and other board members uh, have had relationships with the uh, school district, um, we wanted to weigh in on on this uh, and part, part of the way in is, as uh, Supervisor Maher uh, mentioned, you know, the city government, the Board of Supervisors really do care about our kids and our public schools. And that's why we've, we've uh, supported things like the P Fund and so forth. And overwhelmingly, the city uh, supported the continuation of the, of the fund to support our public schools, knowing that the, the funding that we get from the state is so in, inadequate um and what's important to me in in this resolution really is about um showing the city that we're not just going to be on the sidelines here and that we do care about our public schools Uh, it's a statement to say that we do care we're going to step it up uh, we're concerned about um, what's going on and we're urging that there's going to be a final resolution of uh, of the uh, negotiation at some point and so the the amendments I, I'm recommending, I don't know, um, really are just to tweak the language. And it doesn't really change the, the essence of uh, supervisors of Mars uh, resolution. Um, um, the last piece of it is really to uh, say that we want to urge a resolution of, of the um, negotiation so that our, whatever comes out of it is best for our children and our youth. So, without reading all the different lines that I cross out and everything, I, I don't think it's necessary because I don't think it really changes much. So those are my amendments. So, so we
1: have a motion by Supervisor Yee to amend along the lines of the draft uh, of the language that was, that's been provided. We won't vote on the motion until uh, we take public comment. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Supervisor Marr for bringing this item forward, and I see that we have our uh, uh, teachers union, we have the president of the Board of Education, and we have the deputy superintendent who are here. Uh, and our hope is that eventually next time they come, you know, that they can uh, come to City Hall, that they can come sitting together to announce a resolution of this uh, of this issue but let me just make a couple of points uh, because I know that there has been uh, a, a lot of pushback from the school district administration on this resolution uh, and I understand that you know I have friends on both sides of, of, of this issue and I have been general counsel and have come to this body to this uh, building to talk about how the Board of Supervisors uh, in the city don't have uh, ultimate say on what happens at the Board of Education, so I understand that. But this is a resolution, it's a non-binding resolution and the thing about autonomy, respecting the autonomy that the Board of Education and the school district has necessarily uh, requires respecting the autonomy of city government to step in and to speak out when they see what's happening in our school system. And the fact that we are speaking out and saying that we are concerned that we want a resolution is in no way a challenge to the autonomy of the school district. Uh, to the contrary, it's actually a recognition of that autonomy, a respect for that autonomy, but nevertheless, we have an obligation to make sure that our constituents, and we have, you know, 75,000 constituents, each one of us as members of the Board of Supervisors, that their interests are taken care of, and that is really why this resolution was important. And so I, I hope that the Board of Education and the administration take this resolution in that light, in that spirit, because uh, I think that's exactly what's happening. The other thing, the second point that I, that I want to make, and, and uh, you know, I'm glad that the President of the Board of Education is here, the challenges that San Francisco Unified is facing when it comes to funding and budgeting are challenges that go beyond decisions that are being made in San Francisco. It's because of decisions that are being made in Sacramento and and at the federal level. That said, the only way that those challenges are going to be addressed is if the school district community, and that means the administration, the Board of Education and Labor, can work together to advocate for more funding in Sacramento, to advocate for more funding at the federal level. But that working together requires a mutual respect and understanding that in fact the school district is doing everything it can within the money that it has to give teachers a a fair contract and uh, yes it is true that that you have limited funds but I don't know that we know for sure that given the funds that you have that you have gone as far enough as you can go to give these teachers The pay that they deserve. And until and unless you do that, you're actually going to be digging a deeper hole for yourself. Because not only will you, uh, you know, not be able to work with your teachers, but because of that failure to be able to work with teachers, you're not going to be as effective at the state level. You know, once there is a mutual understanding that you're doing the best you can, and I think that you can get there, then people can work together and go to the state level, go to the federal level. Uh, you know, and I've been in negotiations myself. And I can tell you, and you know, uh, you know, there are people who know the numbers better than I do. Uh, the numbers are what they are, but you can also work with numbers and make them look a lot of different, in a lot of different ways. What we want is an understanding and commitment that being fiscally responsible, the school district will do what it can to do right by its teachers and its paraprofessionals. That's what we want. And if you do that, you're gonna have not only an ally in the labor movement, but you're gonna have an ally in City Hall. But if there is a sense that you are not doing that, then I think that you're gonna continue to hear from the city, from some members of the city family, myself included, saying you need to do more. And so that's what this is about. You know, it is a recognition of mutual respect but it's also a recognition that we need to work together, but working together means making sure that we do right by the people who make the system work. And those are the teachers and paraprofessionals who are in the classroom every single day. So I just want to note that. And with that, why do I, uh, unless there are any other comments, Mr. Uh, yeah, sort of just more? really quickly, I wanted to acknowledge
7: um, how valuable the time of Mr. Trey, Deputy Superintendent Lee, and President Fewer. Fuhr- Um, how valuable their time is and I really appreciate them coming here I'm glad that it's not an hours and hours wait like sometimes it is for for you guys Um, but I wanted to give the privilege to the president of the school board Sandy if you were to um, speak first before we open public comment thank you
8: supervisors thank you very much I feel and you know I really want to thank you for bringing this forward to your chambers today I think that um, we are in agreement. We also are urging both sides to have a successful resolution. And I take responsibility for the San Francisco Unified School District. And I think it, it means that we all have to work together. Um, but I would like to remind you that it is not like we are not negotiating it is not like we have not negotiated in good faith and put real offers on the table. We are seeking an equitable solution to this. It is not that like we have not urged, um, our, my, I have not urged our fellow board, my fellow board members to look at it in a different light, to open up new ideas about this. It is not like we haven't negotiated in good faith. And I think the thing that I resent the most is about the good faith, because we really are. And I want to tell you something. Personally, as the board president, I am unwilling to use funds that are earmarked specifically for low-income English learners, foster youth, which also includes many of our youth that are children of incarcerated parents, for salaries, This is earmarked specifically for the state, for these high-need students. And I personally, as the president of the board, am unwilling to go there because this precious money. I don't know if you have, I mean, since you've all been on the board, I know you know that we are a high-performing school district in California, one of the highest, but we have the largest gap. This is money to help us close that gap. When I talk about our foster youth, when I talk about parents, I mean students of incarcerated parents, I am talking about a lot of our African American students, and that is where our big gap is. Our English learners, I don't know if you've seen the numbers on that, this is going to, this is, this is. I think, an issue, and you're right, Supervisor Campos, that this is larger than what is happening here in city government, because we are 50th in the nation in per-pupil spending. So I think we are, I mean, and I'm going to tell you, you all know me very well, and you know that I'm, I'm pretty honest about stuff, and I'm pretty transparent. I, um, my daughter is a labor organizer. I mean... She spent how many years fighting Kaiser? Um, so, And she's still doing that now in Hawaii. So we are not anti-labor here, but it is my job as a president of the Board of Education to protect the education of these students, and I am unwilling to use that money um, that has been specifically, again, earmarked for low-income English learners and foster care youth. Um, having said that, I... I'm glad that I have the opportunity to come here today because respectfully correcting what I just heard is that it isn't all about what's happening in Sacramento. It is about what's happening here in San Francisco. And the last time I checked, that's your jurisdiction. Because every time I hear testimony at the Board of Education, it is about how our teachers can't live here our paraprofessionals can't live here, how the cost of living is too high, that they can't find housing here and they have to leave. We lose 50% of our teachers within the first five years. Every time we lose a teacher, it's ten to $20,000. We now have 19 vacancies in our school district. And it is largely because they can't afford the cost of living here. We have an increasing enrollment. We wish that every single student, school-aged child in San Francisco would use our wonderful San Francisco public schools. But when we can't hire enough teachers to be able to um, have a qualified teacher in every classroom, then that's a problem. So I do think that the city takes some responsibility in this. Our families can't live here. Our teachers can't live here. Our paraprofessionals can't live here. And every time a UESF member comes to the Board of Education and says, I can't live here. I have to move. I want to tell them. Go to City Hall and tell them that. Because this is not our jurisdiction. This is your jurisdiction. The housing issue is your jurisdiction. I don't know if you realize our teachers can't afford $5,000 a month for rent. They are a, we, they don't serve a capitalistic model. They serve the children of San Francisco. And that is noble work, and that is hard work. And by offering, a, I would love to give them a 300% raise. We just don't have the funds to do it, but I want to be honest that even if we did, they still couldn't afford to live here. This is a really expensive city. The ball is in your court. And I know the three of you, and I feel like I shouldn't be even telling you this. I wish that everyone was in the chambers because I could tell all of them. Because all of you, you three, you know it well. This is the struggle. We are trying to recruit teachers here. There is a teacher shortage all over this nation. We are trying to recruit them to this really cool city of San Francisco to educate our really cool and wonderful children of San Francisco. And we can't afford it either. So I, I'm appealing, appealing to you. It is a partnership. With all the building that is happening, where is the building for our workers? Where are the buildings for our families? I think um, we, every time, I, I can't tell you that UE comes to our board meetings, and since I'm the board president, I have the honor of facilitating those meetings. And when I hear the voices of the UE members saying that they have a hard time living here, they will have to leave because they can't live here, And I want them to march over to City Hall and tell you guys that this isn't we can't build that kind of housing you can we can't put those ordinances or any legislation for it that protects our workers we can't do that our families we depend on you to do it and so i i welcome this opportunity actually to come and tell you this, and so I thank you for this resolution because I think we're on the same page on this. And um, you know, Supervisor Yi, you know, your daughter's a teacher. The struggle of us to live here, and again, I feel like I'm preaching the choir for you three supervisors, because you have worked on our district, you have heard our families, you have heard our teachers. You know where we're up against here, and um, I agree. We need to fight at the state level. But at the city level, we need to fight together too, because we are if the cost of living continues to increase at such a rapid rate in San Francisco we'll never be able to attract the quality that we need the talent that we need in San Francisco to educate our fine students and so I empathize with our UE members, and my sister is a teacher also I The work they do is noble work. The work they do is honorable work. The work they do is educating the future generation of San Francisco and how more profound work is that. But we need your help, too. So this is an opportunity to say... As the board president, that we understand your concern. I want to guarantee you, I want to con- tell you that I feel personally that we are negotiating good faith. We want an equitable solution to this. And, um, I, and I really appreciate that you take responsibility also for the school district and for our school age children and for the education too. And that, um, you've also invested many, 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 many thousands of hours in your terms as, op- as um, officers of our city government to help protect our workers and also protect our students. As I once again say, I wish this was a full chamber so I could tell all of your colleagues how important this is and how the public school system of San Francisco is actually – a part of the infrastructure of San Francisco that makes it so fabulous and why people stay here, it is because we have a high-performing school district, and it's part of the infrastructure for the future residents of San Francisco. In order to protect that, we need to have, we need to have people here that can do the job and do it well, and and to keep them here. And so, as I said, this is a burden on us too. That um, what is happening in the city, and I. Um, as the board president, I take great responsibility again in protecting those funds that are earmarked for our most vulnerable students. And personally, myself, I will not go there. That is, that is a population that has been underserved for way too long, and we have an opportunity to use some funds, and it is not a lot of funds. As you know, in this state, it is a minimal amount of funds um, to serve these students because they are so high need. I, I'm happy to address any questions that you might have.
1: If I may just make a comment, uh, yes, because I, I appreciate uh, your being here, and, and I know that uh, we're going to hear from our Deputy Superintendent and also from UESF. Uh, I appreciate everything you said, and, and I agree with, uh, with I think, the, the gist of what you said. And, and I do think that it's not just what happens at the state level, it's what's happening in San Francisco, and God knows that we have been fighting the issue of affordability and to address the affordability crisis. The city has a role in providing housing and other things. You know, we have built 22,000 units 1,200 of which, uh, in the last few years, 1,200 of which are affordable, but not a single one of them is actually affordable uh, to a teacher, or paraprofessional. So the city has that responsibility, where you can come in and address the issue of affordability and make the city more affordable for teachers and paraprofessionals is by giving them uh, a fair contract and mm-hmm. a fair sal- salary. But one thing that I and I have a great deal of respect for 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 President Fewer uh, uh, and. I I actually welcome the fact that under her leadership the the Board of Education is weighing in on some of these other issues like some of the projects that are happening in my district. I think it's really important and even though it's our jurisdiction to approve those projects, I think it's important for you to speak out as a Board of Education on those things. It's kind of like what we're doing here today. Absolutely. But the one thing that I would say where I have uh, a different perspective based on my own experience is on this issue of equity. You know, I started working in education as the school district's lead counsel on the consent decree case. And I think that oftentimes there is a false dichotomy that's created between uh, being, being equitable, meaning that you have to protect, you know, low performing kids, kids of color, kids in in high need communities, versus giving teachers a fair wage. And I actually think that that's a false dichotomy. The reality is that my experience, having worked on the consent decree, is that every time that issues of equity came up and every time that the question of doing right by those kids came up, the most useful player was always the teachers and paraprofessionals union. I had that experience with Promise Neighborhood. I had that experience with everything and so I think that it's a mistake to, to see it that way in terms of you have to choose between these kids and the teachers. The two are actually one and the same mm-hmm. because these kids cannot perform without having quality teachers and these quality teachers are not gonna be here unless they actually are able to, to make a living wage. And so what I would say is this, that I believe, that as we have done in the past, and we did this time and time again with the consent decree, without the court ever having to step in and mediate those issues, I think that you as a school district can work with this union to find a way of addressing that issue of, of equity in an equitable way for everyone. Because I do believe that this union gets it. And so, what I am saying here is that we as a city are here committed to helping you with that. And, and, uh, so I am, I am optimistic. I am hopeful. Uh, because I actually think that at the end of the day, we have the same goals, the same objectives, and we just have to figure out a creative way of getting there. And I know that, that we will.
8: Yeah. Thank you. And um, I think, because the funding formula has changed since you were our legal um, advisor, we have supplemental funds and concentration funds, and those are the funds that are specifically earmarked for foster youth. We can't even use them for other funds; like it's specifically earmarked for them. And then, and I agree. I feel like we need to have a conversation about equity. We need to have a conversation. A conversation around what is equitable and what does equity really mean in the classroom and what does equity really mean for our teachers and what does equity really mean for all of our students and I believe that that conversation has sometimes been interpreted in many different ways to serve many different agendas and so I agree with you supervisor and I do agree that it takes a combined effort here in San Francisco your city government our government um, or bureaucracy at the San Francisco Unified School District to protect our teachers but also to protect our workers here in San Francisco but to protect our families too around the housing issue around fair wages and um, I believe that we know one at SFUSD is saying that our teachers don't deserve a raise we know it is um, it is past time for a raise and I think you have the commitment of the board that we want to give them a very good race. And in the end, I have great faith that both parties will come together and that we will come to a very good solution so that we can get on to the very important and profound business of educating the next generation of San Franciscans. Again, supervisors, I just want to say once again that if my tone was hostile, it didn't mean to be because I know of the board members in... Um, in these that occupy these chambers, that you have always been friends of our families, our students, and our teachers, and so I, you have done the public service also that we are all doing now at the school district, and I want to thank you.
1: Thank you, President Fury. and I don't think your, your tone was hostile at all. I think it's uh, your tone as always is very passionate, and and I think it's that passion uh, that ultimately will lead folks to. Uh, to uh, a good resolution here, because we're passionate about the same things, I think. Yeah. So, you Supervisor Yeah you
7: know, I, I just was going to thank President Viewer for being here and say that as Supervisor Campos, I, Avalos, and Cohen drafted this, we were really trying very hard to prevent finger-pointing and defensiveness and to try to bring um, everyone together for the common good of avoiding labor conflict, um, right. I also know that Supervisor Yi and Campos and I have all been involved with social justice and equity. In fact, the strategic, strategic plan of the school district and ensuring that explicitly we focus on equity and social justice, I think, is a key goal that all three of us have played a, a role in. Um, but I did want to say that I don't think it's an either-or as well. I think teachers and paras getting a fair wage really helps the most vulnerable um, families in the district, especially the paras. Um, and I think that at times there's earmarked funding. At other times there are other pots of money that should be considered. And it's in no way telling you what to do but um, not to look at things as either-ors but to really pull everyone together, avoid finger-pointing and defensiveness as well. And I think that's um, within the authority of this board to – um, pass non-binding resolutions like this, which is what it is, and to really do everything we can to address the inequities within city, as you point out, but also to do our best to support you. Um, so with funds and with other types of political support as well so i I just wanted to thank you but also um, agree with a number of the comments from our former legal counsel um, supervisor Campos, and to urge both sides whether it's uesf and the school district to just find some resolution put your heads together and we'll do everything we can to help as well but thank you
8: yeah thank you Thank and, you. Yeah, and I also want to say to you three supervisors, thank you for all the support that you give to your schools in your particular districts and, um, and the way that you serve, actually, the students in your districts. I just want to say thank you very much um, on behalf of the Board of Education.
1: It, President Fuhrer, I think that Supervisor Yee wanted to say something.
8: Yes, Supervisor Yee. Real quickly, uh, um, Ashley, I was saying
0: um, your comments uh, um, really are refreshing uh, to me to have somebody come here to talk about kids like this.
8: Oh. No, I agree. Thank you. And yes, and Supervisor you we're working really hard to get your daughter a really good raise. And,
1: and, and by the way, um, I think that, uh, you know, labor organizing and, and working with, uh, with, with workers, supporting workers is in the fewer blood because if anyone has seen uh, President Fuhrer's daughter in action, uh, they will see that you're not going to find a stronger champion uh, right. for workers.
8: Thank, thank you, Supervisor Compost. Yes, and um, <laughs> I am reminded quite frequently that we are fortunate in this country that organized labor sets a standard for a living wage, and I never forget that. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Uh, Supervisor March, we uh, open it to uh, – to, uh, Actually, I see the Deputy Superintendent, Myung Lee. Deputy Superintendent, you want to say anything? And, uh, you know, Myung Lee has been serving the district for a very long time and has gone through this many, many times. And so we're very appreciative, uh, Deputy Superintendent, that you're here. And, uh, you know, thank you for your time and uh, look forward to hearing from you it's like
7: 15 years it's coming up to 15 years yes
9: uh yes supervisor i am in my 15th year and uh, one memorable experience in that is spending an all-nighter in this building related to a tough round of bargaining i think uh supervisor mar and i had that experience in common i I believe supervisor ye as well anyway it's like a little flashback. Um, I did want to just speak briefly and thank you as well for um, the discussion this morning and uh, definitely feel a sense of optimism about the negotiations that we're engaged in. They're under the cloak of confidentiality because we are in a confidential mediation uh, phase of our negotiations. We've been at the table for for many months and um, well, I can't provide a lot of details, uh, we are hopeful. We're very hopeful that things will be resolved and um, reach a good uh, conclusion for, for all parties. So, and that is part of just to provide a little bit of context for, as uh, Supervisor Campos described, the significant pushback uh, that you experienced or that, that um, came from the Board of Ed and the Superintendent as well as myself and other staff. I just wanted to explain that a little bit. Uh, We have been discussing these negotiations in good faith. We've been mutually working very hard, as President Fewer described as well, and so it was just a little bit um, of a surprise, frankly, to see the introduction of the resolution, and uh, we found out about it quite late, and and we were just sort of caught off guard by it, and we I think that was an element of the of the concern on the part of the board and the administration of the district. So um, we're glad that supervisors, you seem willing uh, and supportive of making some amendments to the language and the resolution. We we definitely appreciate that um, and in general we hope that this will all come to a speedy resolution just as you all do and as all your colleagues do as well so we know that um, everyone has the same interests in mind and so with that i just want to thank you for your uh, attention to the matter to the willingness to support amendments and to i couldn't uh, come and speak about anything related to city and school district uh, relations without mentioning the consistent and we get it very unique and not to be taken for granted support that each of you in your capacities as uh, supervisors and all your colleagues, the mayor, all of the the city family has always embraced the, the needs and the responsibility to support the students in the San Francisco Unified School District, and we very much appreciate that today, as always. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Any comments or questions for the superintendent, who, by the way, happens to be a district nine resident as well? So, now, if we can now, uh, I'd just like to give an opportunity to uh, United Educators of San Francisco to come up, and we have here Mr. Kentre. Good morning.
10: Good morning supervisors Uh, this really is like old times we could be at a 555 i don't think it goes back to 135 ns though so my name is ken trey i'm the political director of united educators of san francisco but i think more importantly for my own life as i've been a classroom teacher since 1985 and taught in san francisco schools for 25 years and i'm glad that um, president fewer brought up the issue of equity and social justice and I also appreciate that uh, Supervisor Campos uh, made the point that the United Educators of San Francisco are full-on on on the terrain of social justice, equity, fighting for the students of the most uh, impoverished um, uh, communities, and our students that we believe are falling into the cracks of the opportunity gap. That's one of the reasons that UESF with Coleman Advocates, SCIU 10 to 1, San Francisco Organizing Project, um, and a number of other groups, ACE, form the Close the Gap Coalition. And we have engaged, we think, in some positive ways with the district in addressing the issues of equity. On a personal note, and I suppose as being in the leadership of UESF, way back in 1966, my friend Alan and I launched a group called Students for Peace and Equality. We spread to many, many high schools in the new york area and our mission then was to get young people involved in the anti-vietnam war movement and to in support of the civil rights movement both movements which were very active in the streets of new york in the 60s so the legacy of the rank and file of uesf and the leadership is front and center in the fight for social justice and i i might add for quite a few decades and maybe that part of it is unfortunate the the decade part so (laughs) We feel the resolution is is one that uh, calls for finding common ground between UESF and FUSD is something we can support. And as uh, Myung Lee mentioned, there is um, grounds for feeling optimistic that we may be moving forward. So we're glad that we're in that state of affairs at this point, but we still are, are... think it's a very good thing for city hall to engage and and take a stand for a resolution of this contract as soon as possible um, teachers and paraprofessionals have been waiting for new contracts since last spring and it's not unusual for city hall to step in and i think maybe uh, mr lee mentioned is that the 2005-2006 negotiations Um, The Mayor and City Hall helped us uh, come to resolution. And by the way, that was after the second strike vote. So you may be aware in the UESF Constitution and bylaws, it takes two strike votes. We're not at that point yet. Second strike vote may or may not happen, hopefully not. But in 2006, (coughs) it did. Hundreds and hundreds of UESF members voted to strike. And at that point, the city became more engaged, and we resolved that dispute, I think, with a fair uh, contract.
7: Actually, I think I I should add that um, Ed Harrington, our control at the time, and Mayor Newsom were really central in helping with that. Um, But I think that time is a good example of how City Hall and the school district can work together to resolve things.
10: Yeah, and thank you for that. so just one other thing about social equity and and the um, the situation of our students of color particularly african-american latino and pacific islander students Um, and the categorical funds under local control funding formula that are to make sure that they're the resources for those students to succeed we in no way labor uesf the people in the classroom the paraprofessionals and the teachers the people who work day in and day out with our students who are struggling so hard to succeed against enormous obstacles are we going after a penny of that money so i just want to be clear about that since since the specter was raised and i'm, I'm glad it was brought up because in fact we're not going after that money we've been very clear about that and clear about it in negotiations. However. And and Supervisor Campos brought up the false dichotomy of what goes to the teachers and what goes to the students. Uh, We are indivisible. Our working conditions are our students' learning conditions. 50%, as was mentioned, of new teachers leave San Francisco within the first five years. That's basically because there's not enough compensation and benefits to keep people here. There certainly is a lack of housing, but also there isn't enough support for educators in the most challenging school communities. But we in no way want to undermine the resources to do the most important work that all of us face day in and day out in San Francisco. Then the final point, and uh, President Fuhrer brought this up and others, is one of housing. And I'm wearing a tie today, I don't know if you can see it. But there's a bunch of birds on a wire and there's a landscape of high rises and old San Francisco Victorians. Teachers are like birds on the wire. They're wondering where they're going to make their nest. They're wondering where they they can find a place to stay and maybe even have the audacity to raise children of their own one day in this town and send their kids to public schools. Teachers and paraprofessionals don't know that there's a place for them. So right now, UESF, well, the discussions are stalled because of the elections and the contract and all that's been going on. But we've been engaged with the mayor's office about housing. Um, the district's been involved, and we'd invite the Board of Supervisors to get involved because this is an issue. Programs for our kids, compensation f- for our educators, and finding housing so educators can stay in San Francisco is something that everyone should be able to rally around. And particularly after this rather competitive electoral sis- season. This should be an issue for us to promote what are real San Francisco values. And those values ought to, front and center, support our children in the classroom and the educators who do the work. So thank you for this resolution. We look forward to resolving the contract dispute and get to work with the district to get more funds from Sacramento. Maybe do something about Prop 13 in 2016. Thanks.
1: Thank you very much. Why don't we now open up to public comment?
6: Old and new mayor, Libby Schaff, a lady, very professional lady, she was she was uh yesterday. Our politics, whole religion, educated learning pathway, we haven't imposed upon the philosophy, the man making of technological engineering, programme, design of sciences, back to holy study of abstractness of drawings. The Common Objective, One Hearted, unified, Everything, Doorway. Ob- common Objective, Diversified Parkway of Individual Destiny of Mission. Thank you very much.
1: Seeing no more public comment, public comment is closed. Again, I want to thank uh, President Feuer, uh, Deputy Superintendent, and uh, United Educators of San Francisco for being here today uh we have uh, a motion uh on the to amend the resolution if we can take the motion to amend without objection yes without objection and now as amended uh with the understanding that we have reached language that that both sides uh uh can can live with and uh, my hope is that we will be able to uh uh see a resolution uh as quickly as possible and i know that uh, those of us who are here in the city family remain uh, willing to help in any way possible and, uh, to the extent that the city was helpful before, I actually think that it was better to introduce a resolution sooner so that we don't get to that second strike vote, uh, and hopefully we can, we can see that, that resolve as quickly as possible. Uh, so without objection, we can take that, uh, uh unanimously. Any other comments, colleagues? Uh, Mr. Clerk, do we have any other business before this committee?
2: There are no more items, Mr. Chair.
1: Thank you very much. The meeting is adjourned.